Shvius Perik Tes Mishnah Tes Nine Nine. This is the last Mishnah that discusses the topic of Shemitah's Karkaos, the resting of the land in Eretz Yisrael in the seventh year. The next Perik and the last Perik of the Masechta will discuss Shemitah's Ksafim, the release of loans in the seventh year. So this Mishnah kind of deals with two separate points, both of which are sort of almost loose ends in the Masechta. Um, the first is built on the idea that we had a machlokus back in the fourth parak, Mishnah base, 4-2, where we had a machlokus between Beis Shaman and Beis Hillel, whether one may express gratitude for receiving access to Shemitah produce from someone else's land. And there the Mishnah said, Beis Shaman, Omrim, Ein Ochlin Perishvius Betova, one may not express gratitude when taking Perishvius, Shemitah produce from someone else. And Beis Hillel said, It doesn't matter, you can or don't need to say thank you, it doesn't make a difference. In our Mishnah here, we have Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer, who is aligned with Rabbi with Beishamai, is uh, going to take that Beishamai Shita to a whole new level. Beishamai held you can't express thanks. Here, Rabbi Eliezer is going to hold that it's inevitable that when someone gives you a gift, you can't help but have a debt of gratitude, you you must inherently feel that you owe them something in return. And that would be true even if what you're receiving is Shemitah produce, which in fact is ownerless. And therefore the benefactor really has no legitimate claim on it. It wasn't his, it's, it's ownerless. Yet the recipient will feel some real debt of gratitude back to the person who gave it. And therefore Rabbi Lezer is going to want to restrict that. And he says, Again, Shvius nine nine inside. Misha Hayulo Pero Shvius. If a person has Shmita produce, Shenaflo Birusha, Oshnitnulo Bamatana, and the way he got that Shmita produce was um through inheritance or as a gift, Rabbi Eliezer Omer Yinatnu Baochlehen, which means loosely translated, Rabbi Eliezer holds that that which the recipient got he has to share with other people. It literally means, um, they, shall, they, I mean, let's say that this, let's say Reuven gave Shimon an apple because Reuven had collected the apple um, in the proper way. There's no problem with the apple per se. Reuven didn't break Hilchoshmit in any way, but he sees he has no need for this apple, so he gives it now as a gift to his friend Shimon. So here, Shimon received this apple by Matana, and here we're saying, and means that Shimon, the recipient, must share that apple with other people. He can't keep it all to himself. And by sharing it with other people, that would indicate that it's not really his in the first place, as a, as a real gift that he received so much. And that being the case, it would mitigate the problem of feeling indebted to Reuven, his benefactor. Now, the Chachamim, in truth, don't hold this whole line of reasoning. They hold like base Hillel. There's no problem with expressing gratitude for receiving a gift or taking produce um, that came from Shemitah, and therefore they just have no issue with this. this is a non-issue to them, like Basila. However, the Chacham now are going to speak um, to Rabbi Eliezer as if they agree with him, meaning they're going to say, according to you, who hold that there's a problem with receiving a gift so then of Shemitah produce, so then your solution of just sharing with someone else doesn't solve the problem. Um, for two reasons. First of all, because when you share with someone else, you still get some for yourself. So you only got half an apple as a gift, but at least you'll have half apple of gratitude according to you. So sort of, we'll call this guy the chota, the sinner, meaning the 
guy who's doing the wrong thing, the recipient Shimon, who's going to have a debt of gratitude to Reuven, his benefactor, is doing something wrong. Um, and on top of that, even if, even if he shares it, because he's still getting half an apple benefit. And second of all, the irony is, points out the Tveri Sorel, that now Shimon, by sharing it with his neighbor, is also causing his neighbor to have a debt of gratitude for the other half of the apple back to Shimon. So the problem isn't solved one bit. You're, just, you're sort of kicking the can down and, and propagating the problem. And therefore the rabbis say, the Chachamim say, at least according to Rabbi Eliezer, if you want to be consistent and totally remove any sense of gratitude from being a recipient of this gift, let's say the apple. So what you'll have to do is you'll have to um, set aside the exact dollar amount, the value of that gift. Let's say the apple costs a dollar. So you'll set aside a full dollar. So when you eat the apple, um, you've gained nothing economically. And that dollar you'll give to the stock, you'll give it to the bezdin to separate to whomever they see fit. So you end up gaining nothing at all. And therefore you'll have no sense of gratitude in any way, even implicit to the benefactor. So that's what the Chacham say here. The Chacham Say, according to you, Rabbi Eliezer, who holds that it'll be a problem to receive the gift because you'll automatically ascribe some sense of debt of gratitude to the benefactor. So you would be benefiting still if you had the apple. Um, and furthermore, like I said, you'd be propagating the problem of giving the gift of half an other half the apple to your neighbor. So that's no good. Ella yimachru lochlehen. Rather, again, translating very loosely for a moment, rather he has to take the money at, of the gift, the apple, let's say, and then separate that out. And then that money will be given to whomever. And that way the person who eats the apple, the recipient, in our case, Shimon, has gained nothing, so he won't have any sense of debt of gratitude back to Reuben, and that's no problem at all. The exact words here say, which means literally, um, they the gift of the apple should be sold literally to whomever is going to be eating it. So really a more appropriate choice of words would have been something like kipadu, like they should be redeemed. But um, it didn't choose a redemption, lashen, it chose a language of sale, only because when you are do pidyon, when you redeem something, oftentimes it can be um, symbolic, like for a pruta, maybe for example, when you redeem the kedusha of Meister Shani, you put it on a single pruta's value, um, even though the actual value of the Meister Shani is more than a pruta. So you might think if mere pidgin is required, that simply, you know, taking one pruta's worth would allow the whole apple to be eaten, even if it were worth much more than a pruta. So here we use the of, of mecher, of sale, to tell you the full sale price, as the the um, the Ramam says in the parish down to the last, you know, every last pruta has to be um, set aside so that the recipient gains nothing at all. Um, worth noting also here is la'ochlehen, in this second sentence, uh, refers to the one who will be eating it, meaning the recipient of the gift. So in our case, Shimon eating the apple. Um, he's the one who's eating it, therefore he has to set aside the money. Um, that's in contrast to the previous sentence um, when we use the word ochlehen, uh, as in yinas uh, ochlehen. Here, there, it meant ochlehen were other people who would share in the consumption, the eating of this, this apple, in our case, um, with Shimon. So there's two different uses of the word. I'm going to read the mission through a second time in a moment so I'll make sure it's perfectly clear because it's a lot of words that I'm saying here. Udamehem, and as for the money that was set aside as the value of like the, so to speak, purchase price, the would-be purchase price of this apple, is adam, that'll be given to a bezin, and the bezin will give out the money. So there also that would obviate the sense of the recipient of the money being indebted um, to the 
a new benefactor, let's say Shimon, which would just sort of, again, propagate the problem. So that's the first half of this Mishnah. Let me say it outside again, and I'll sum it up, and then I'll say it inside because I know it's a little abstract. The Mishnah is saying that according to Rabbi Eliezer, one is not allowed to simply receive a gift or an inheritance of parish Shemitah, even if those those produce was harvested legitimately according to the lachas of Shemitah, because the recipient will inevitably feel a debt of gratitude back to his benefactor. And Rabbi Eliezer holds, like Beishamai, that one is not allowed to express gratitude, and the sense of gratitude um, will be inevitable, and therefore it's in the person's mind it will be as if this is not just hefker and unowned produce, which is disallowed, and therefore Eliezer holds the recipient must share with others, and therefore he won't feel like it's just his alone. But the Chum say, listen, as far as we're concerned, and this is the Halacha, these words are not inside the Mishnah, but I'm telling you, the Chacham hold, as far as we're concerned, there's no problem receiving gifts because there's no problem with expressing gratitude at all, like Beis Hillel and 4.2. Um, so therefore it's a non-starter for the Chacham. But the Chacham now do say explicitly in our Mishnah, at least according to you, Rabbi Eliezer, what you're saying won't make sense. Your solution of having the recipients share with others won't help because then he is doing the wrong thing and he's still eating half of what he received, whatever is a portion. So he's still benefiting. And therefore, and uh, furthermore, it's for Israel, worse than that, he's actually propagating the problem because he's forcing his beneficiaries to acknowledge him as the giver of something that exclusive Shfias. And therefore, the Chum have a different proposed solution, which is, at least according to you, you'd be required to have the recipient take all the money of the value of his gift, put it aside, and have that given to Tzedakah or whatever, given to Aniyam, whoever, given to other people, and that way he as a recipient would actually gain nothing. And let me read it in, and let me read that inside to make sure it's perfectly clear. If a person gets peros shvias, produce as Shemitah Kedusha, and it came to him via Yerusha inheritance or as a gift. Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, Yinasnu Lochlehen, he asked to, the recipient must share it with other people, so he's not looking like it's his and only his, it's rather it's Hefker. V'achamrom, the Chachamim say, no, that wouldn't work, because still he would be doing something wrong, he'd still get half of it, and he'd still be making them have to have a car stuff to him, at least according to you. Rather, Ella, the Solution would have to be according to you. Um, you'd have to be sold. The recipient would have to sell it, so to speak, to himself for the full market worth of what he received. And the purchase price, so to speak, of what he set aside for what he got, his would be given to other people. Okay, that's the halacha is not like that. The halacha is like the chachamim, like the hillel, that there's no problem in receiving gifts and no problem with even expressing gratitude to someone if you receive parish fias through them. Okay. So now, second part of the Mishnah, new topic altogether, and a final point. Um, it's the question of chala on dough that comes from flour, which has Kedusha Shvias. So, there are two reasons to think that one wouldn't, perhaps, take chala, a freshest chala, the gift to the Kohen, that goes from the dough, um, from dough that was made from flour that came from Shemitah grain. And those two reasons are, number one, there's a general exemption of all Trumas Amaisras, gifts to the Kohanim and Levium, from produce in the seventh year. Since the Pasuk says the reason why the Levium get a special gift of Maisra, etc., is because they haven't got a Chelek in Eretz in the land itself, and therefore they're getting a gift from those who do get the land of Israel. And But here, 
the Levim are no disadvantage, or the Kohanim neither, Kohanim neither, any disadvantage relative to everyone else, since the land is now ownerless, all the payers, I should say, are ownerless, so they have equal access, therefore they don't have the special benefit of Trumas and Isaris. And Chala is basically another form of Truma. When we say Truma, Truma can come in a number of guises. It could be Truma Gadola, the first tithe given to the Kohen. It could be Trumas Meiser, that was, you know, played a major role in Mesechas Demai, the tenth of the tenth that comes from the Levi's portion. That's also called Trumas Meiser, has every, in every way is identical to Truma. And so to Chala, the gift that's given from Doh to the Kohen also has a status like Truma in every way. And therefore one might think the same way there's no Truma and Trumas Meiser on grain that comes in the Shemitah year that has Kedusha Shvius. So too, there should be no Chala taken from flour from dough made from flour from such grain. Um, but that's not correct. There is a requirement to take uh, challah. And uh, similarly, you might have thought that there's no obligation or one shouldn't take challah from the dough, perhaps, because, as we've seen previously in Masechta, challah as truma is more susceptible to tuma, and therefore it's more likely to become tame. And once tame, truma, and challah including that, must be burned. And there's a prohibition against burning things that have caduceus Shvius, as you said before, and therefore you might be causing you to have the need to burn things with Kedusha Shvius. So for those two reasons, you might have thought incorrectly that there's no challah to be taken from dough that has Kedusha Shvius, but in fact, one must be mafresh challah, separate the challah portion to give to a Kohen, even bizman hazeh, from, even nowadays, from uh, produce that was that comes from flour that has Kedusha Shvius. And the penalty for consuming truma or challah with all the same thing, by a non-Kohen, is misavideshamayim, is death, premature death at the hands of heaven. And that being the case, um, that would be true also for challah that one eats illegally as a non-Kohen, or even for that matter, a Kohen who eats dough that hadn't had challah taken from it in the seventh year. And therefore the mission reads as follows, ha'ochel me'isas shviyas, if one eats dough that has shmita kedusha, aj lahurma chalasa, prior to having its chala, the hafrash's chala, the gift of chala, being removed from it, hurma, like the word truma, or laharim, to lift up, it's connected, there's separation that uplifts this piece, of dough in this case, um, chalasa, the mapike, it's chala from the dough, so such a person who eats such untied dough, it's not tithing, unchala removed dough, chayev misa, such a person who eats it would be liable to a premature death, because there's an obligation to remove challah from dough, even if the dough is Kedushah Shviyas. That's Allah Chalamaisa, and it's even true of Manazeh. And uh, with that, we finish the ninth parak.